the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show. This is episode 346 of the Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is for the week commencing Monday the 24th of August 2015. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm joined by my co-host Ben Sonko. Hi Ed. Ben, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. I've got a little bit of a sore back but can't yeah, can't really complain too much. Saw back, did you say? Yeah. Is it all that building work you've been doing out at your land? Maybe, but I took last weekend off, so um, ah. it should shouldn't be. But yeah, who knows? Are you otherwise well? Yes. Yep. Good. Cool. Yep. Excellent. Right. Well, you know what? Actually, just while we're uh, chatting about this, uh, our other co-host Brett is going to be disappearing overseas for. How long is it? Two months, I think. Yeah, it's quite a while. Yeah, he did say if we catch him at the right time, he might be able to join us over a Skype link from where yeah. wherever he is. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite cool. So, Get an update. Yeah, it'd be really cool. We could almost do kind of like a uh, almost like a travel show, come tech show rolled into one. Yeah, where well, he could tell us what tech he's using on the on the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, we'll see. I think he leaves in a couple of weeks' time. So, all right, uh, let's kick off this show. There's really not much that I've found that was uh, worth talking about, but I have got a couple of stories. I think the big one really is the the Ashley Madison hack. I can't remember which group it was, but they uh, they managed to hack Ashley Madison. This is, of course, the website that uh, lets people uh, hook up for affairs. Impact team, they're called. The impact team, thank you. Yeah. So they, I think, hacked this a month ago and, if you like, blackmailed the site saying that unless they shut down in 30 days, they will release their entire database that they've hacked of uh, of users of the site. Of course, th- this is not something that if you are a user of the site that you'd particularly want released. And, of course, 30 days was up a few days ago, and they went and did that. They dumped the, the payload. A lot of people have analysed it. They believe it's pretty accurate although there are always some you know a certain percentage of records that are uh, contentious but by and large it seems to be real and now the latest on this is that there is a half million US dollar bounty on the basically it's a reward for information that leads to the identification arrest and prosecution of the people behind the hacking what do you make of all this Ben? Um, I'm thinking that their security was really bad. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good place to start. Uh, yeah, all right. I've seen reports that, you know, apparently you pay if you want to have your account deleted and they wouldn't actually delete your account. And yeah. I've also seen sort of in, like, um, I don't know if it's interviews, but they were talking to the people that started the site and they were just, they were saying, um, you know, people have affairs. We 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 wouldn't. I'd be shocked if if my husband was caught having an affair. But we'll be happily facilitate this. You know, a service for those people. So you've got these people running the site that sort of hold the users in contempt, really. 
Um, like they've both said that they would never do this, and it sounded like they're on a moral high ground. So straight away, you've got a company that's collecting a lot of personal information, billing history, and p- potentially connection history by a couple of people that potentially hold them in contempt. And it's just it's a really weird situation. For, um, yeah, it just seems very strange to me. I wonder how good their security was. You know, what what people have they annoyed? What people have they done? You know, have what trouble have they caused? Is this payback for something? And are we going to find out more later on? Well, that is a very good question. And I wonder too as well, what are the motives behind this? Uh, you know, are the hackers simply people that are themselves trying to take the moral high ground and be the, the do-gooders, if you like, or see the, do they see themselves as doing good by doing this? Or is there something else? I, I don't know. It's, it's, very, it's very interesting, if it's just the moral high ground, there's plenty of avenues for that. I'm wondering if this is a bit more personal than that. The the, the people running the company have, have you know, crossed somebody, or or just some something has happened that's um that's maybe angered the wrong people. Yeah, because I guess what would lead you to think that would be that the hackers haven't directly benefited from this data right it's not like they, yeah. it's not like they've made money us as far as we know so what's the what's the motive if you like for the threat that's the bit that makes you wonder as you said ben maybe yeah you know have they uh, you know upset the wrong people but more importantly what exactly are the details in that because i mean as as you just said if if money's not really the the goal then what is you know it's mm. got to be something else Either that or just completely random, but, you know, most people don't commit, I assume this is felonies and international crimes just for the sake of it. Yeah, it's a big risk for them. You've got to understand doing what they're doing. There is a risk. So, I, you know, know, it it would surprise me if it was just random, but I I guess we won't know for a a while. It's very very bizarre. I'm thinking more is going to come out. It just, it feels like there's a a lot more to this than what we've seen so far yeah yeah i i agree uh it's a canadian based site um you know the, the thing i uh, yeah i i just find the whole thing a bit weird that's there's also a very dark side to this as well according to reports at least two people who had registered with the site have since committed suicide how, uh, but i mean how many users do they have what's the statistical probability of two users of a customer base that large committing suicide it could just be complete statistics well according Um, to I know what you're saying according to the reports it was attributed to the release of the data I haven't analysed it so I I don't know I can only report what I read but the allegation that just seemed it just seemed a a silly thing to sort of chuck in there it's just like trying to fluff up the story Um, I I don't know I to me I can easily understand that that could happen and would happen. And I guess... Yeah, but by putting it in the story, they're saying that because they released this information, these two people did this. And this is going to be such a minor part of the reason of why they did it. I mean, it could it could be the trigger, but I mean, you know, how many triggers do people... I no, mean, how many no, people I, commit suicide every day? And what sort of triggers are they hitting? So it's just to chuck it in here, unless it was... Unless they were saying, you know... Fifty percent of the user base have done it. It just it just doesn't seem appropriate to put it up. You could easily do the statistical analysis on this. What is the probability, based on current rates of suicide around the world in various countries, what is the probability that 
from you know between this uh, the point at which the data was released and now, which is only what is less than a week, I think, uh, or about a week. Uh, uh, what's the probability that X number of people will commit suicide? I, I I would imagine it's quite small because of the the window is very small. We're talking one week. The really interesting one would be because um, what's the real what's the real base that we're talking about? We're talking about people that have been caught cheating on their partners. So it'd be interesting to know what's the problem, you know, within a week of being caught cheating, of all the people that they have as a sample base, what percentage of them do something like that, attempt something uh, like yeah, that? Yeah, okay, that would be, I like it, that would be a very, very good, uh, inter- well, interesting study to do because you're right, what's the situation here? The situation is that they've been found out. So what is the probability? And you could do that. And I don't know, my gut feel is... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I can. I guess what I'm saying is I could easily believe that these people have done this that otherwise wouldn't have, or probably or statistically wouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just, yeah. Mm, but anyway, what's I, I do, I do think it will, uh, as you say, that more information will come out. There is a lot more behind this, and I haven't seen a lot of analysis as to some of the uh, or any. Uh, strong suggestions for the motives behind that. Uh, there's a lot of speculation, but there's nothing really that, that has any strong basis to form conclusions for this. Hmm. I mean, have there really been any high-profile people caught out? Actually, there were some, uh, I forget, because I. <laughs> it's not a story I was reading a lot of detail, but I do remember every now and again over the last few days there's been the odd name mentioned or... or a profile of a person such as a, I don't you know a senior minister in the government of such and such country or something so I've seen that sort of information come out but and some celebrities but I haven't got the details in front of me uh, it's not something I, I was particularly interested as to who was in there and who wasn't I'm not in there <laughs> there's a story here about um, Ashley Madison leak reveals its ex-CTO hacked competing site that seems interesting. Ah, now that's I hadn't seen that one. I wonder if that would be motivation, wouldn't it? It certainly would be, and I think you know this. It's early days yet, as as you said, uh, but that certainly sounds a possible motive. Mm. Yeah, retaliation. Mm. I think in the next week or two we'll have a lot more information. I'm sure there'll be a lot of information forthcoming very soon, very quickly. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, the, were you the, caught out yet? No, I'm not on there. I've never used no, it. You're not. You don't use your online profile anyway, wouldn't you? You wouldn't use your real name. <laughs> if I were going to, of course I wouldn't. But I wasn't going to do that in the first place. So <laughs> yeah, but then if you if you did do that and you didn't use a real name, you're not going to admit it on a podcast either, eh? So <laughs> hey, now, how now. do you how do you wink on a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> uh, there is there is a bounty, as I said, a five hundred thousand US dollars, and that's offered by who's that offered by? Oh no! Sorry, right. Avid Life. No, Avid Life Media are the ones offering that. That's a parent company of uh, Ashley Madison. Hmm. Uh, anyway, there you go. That's yeah, that one. Let's watch the space. The other uh, story I wanted to talk about is this interesting sort of fire sale that's happening as they sell off the last of the IPv4 addresses. Well, that's not. That accurate. It's not really the last of the you know, the V four addresses. It's the recycling of the V four addresses that maybe aren't being used. 
True, uh, yeah, but I guess it's also that is they are also the last ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's not going to be any more, really. But they, I mean, effectively ran out a while ago. So we've been recycling numbers for a while now, realistically. Um, and there's also these huge ranges that haven't been used for years. Back in the early days, where someone like IBM got given a whole class A, and that's so old that no one even uses the term class A anymore. But they were given, you know, a lot of numbers. Yeah, yeah. I think apparently uh, Africa still has uh, a lot assigned to them that haven't been used. And as you say, a lot of people are effectively recycling addresses, or I guess selling addresses that were never actually used, that were assigned but never used. It's interesting because the value of IPv4 addresses has been going up, but it's bizarre because it has a limited lifespan. They're going to be worthless eventually. I'd hate to put a figure whether it's two years or 10 years or, or 15 not years. Two years. Or 15 years. <laughs> but yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Put it this way. It, put it this way. Be, IPv6 was introduced in the 90s. But here's the thing, though. The, the more, most important thing is the metric that says – only two or uh, two, I think two years ago, one percent of traffic was IPv4, and now it's something like thirteen percent. It's grown B- so far. B6. You mean? Sorry. B6. What did I just say? I think you said V4. Ah, V4. I meant V6. Yeah. So it's. Um, uh, yeah, but that's that's like China and and the rest of Asia and um, all the developing countries. That's where it's you know they've they've sort of leapfrogged leapfrogged V4 to a degree and gone almost straight to V6. Because in places like India, what you have is you have this thing called carrier grade NAT, where a whole a whole ISP, a whole um, organization's customer base, are effectively browsing the internet through a couple of IPs because it's all being masqueraded up. So you and your house connecting out through your router, you're using a private IP, and then once you get out into your ISP's network, you're still on a private IP, and then it's only when you leave their network that you actually finally get given an actual IP address. So this is what's going on in, in India and Asia, and it's a real, it's a crazy system. So V6 is just the easiest way to solve all of that. Um, and you just need to have a few V6 to V4 translation points. And mm. You sort of open up the rest of the internet. But in places like the UK, America, Australasia, we have a lot of V4 address space. Like V6 is tiny here. Yes, it is growing, but it is still tiny. And the reason for that is because we don't need to yet. We haven't had that driver yet. I totally agree. We're going to eventually, but I'd say it's, I mean, at least 10 years before it becomes a serious sort of issue. And I'd yeah. say V4 is going to be around for at least another 20 years. Yeah, that's I mean, that's very and a very important point. You can't really turn off V4 without consequences. You know, the moment you turn it off, put it this way, there's always going to be some sites, devices, parts of the internet that will require V4 because they just haven't been upgraded and they haven't been, you know, modernized or they're on old equipment. And so those bits will be inaccessible when you turn off v4 so i think the, the the plan is that they're going to run them side by side for quite a while and whether it's 20 years i don't know but yeah it could well be i by the way i just want to do a quick correction the figure wasn't 13 percent; it was seven percent uh currently uh of google traffic is ipv6 two years ago it was uh or two and a half years ago it was one percent I said 13 before, but it's seven. So also don't forget though, it is growing. Like some other stats I saw here that IPv6 is as high as 21% in the US 
uh, and Switzerland, Belgium, in fact, coming in at 36%. So I don't know. The weird thing to me is is why why the value of something that's about to run out and become worthless has been increasing in recent years. I guess it's supply and demand. I suppose that's the answer. Yeah. But it, and that's the thing. It depends. Like you know, your view of how long it's going to live for is a lot lower than other people's views. So you're going to put less value on it than somebody else. Well, there's um, some, some somebody who sees the lifespan of this being a reasonably long time and solving an immediate issue is going to value it a lot more than you that don't. Yeah, they, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. So, are you running IPv6 at home? What about at uh, your workplace? Do you have IPv6? No. <laughs> I'm pushing for it, and I'm a I'm considered a bit of a, a leader because it's not. But the problem that I have is I turn on v6 at work, and I think I've got it going. How do I test it? I don't have anywhere to test it from. It's very hard to find. Yeah, but you v6 must. So your, your provider it. must. Your provider must support v6. Surely. What provider? Your network provider who who you connect to the uh, internet through or are you just talking about local LAN what are you talking about no I'm talking about so okay so I set up v6 on my network at work and then open it up to the internet yeah how do I test it how do I see what you see outside of my network because I can't test it from home because I don't have v6 at home well I don't have I don't have access to v6 anywhere to test what it looks like at my work so I thought I had it going for months and then I realized that people were just getting to the login page of the router <laughs> I'd completely stuffed it up. So well, you, you, it's very hard to test well, if you don't have access to a V6. Um, well, VC well, that's somewhere. the thing. You do need access to, to, to that. So you can either get a server in the cloud on, on IPv6 or uh, or if you know someone else who has an ISP that uh, connects them via IPv6 as well as V4. Do, do you know anyone? Well, there's the server space that I have that's on IPv6. Really? Mm. In fact, when I proxy through it, I come out uh, as uh, it's basically an SSH tunnel. I come out as uh, an IPv6. If I go to whatismyip.com, it resolves as only the IPv6 address. Can you give me a shell account on that server? Uh, you can. It's not my server. I'm I'm buying space on it, but you can you can certainly buy space from them as well. Otherwise, I'd say yes, but it's not my server. I rent space on it, but you can rent the same space, uh, similar uh, shared space on it as well. So yeah, it's, there's not a lot of people in New Zealand doing it. But yet, yeah, I take your point. I take your point on that. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, the reason why I sort of sound so cynical is because I went to a conference in 2006, and they gave a talk about you know we've run out of V4. What are we going to do? And they've been given the same talk for the last ten years, <laughs> and yeah, it's like yeah. people just we've just avoided the issue. It's just yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone at the talk is like, yes, we should be doing something about it. Yes, we're slowly doing something about it. But at the end of the day, who's driving it? No one's made it a requirement yet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's- but, you know, as soon as it becomes a mandate from the government that you have to support V6, and they're starting to talk about it a little bit, then that'll make all of the IP- ISPs support it, because you'd have to, to assume yeah. that correctly. And then as soon as they support it, then it means there's no reason for other people not to. So it might happen really quickly when it finally does happen, but it's going to take something. And, I mean, a lot of people now also are... Uh, reconfiguring their networks where every endpoint was an internet connected IP address to a private address range that all go out through as I think you were sort of alluding to that earlier in some of the other countries but it's happening everywhere where you know you you re-engineer your network so that all your endpoints are on private addresses and it's only the the public facing servers that need to have internet 
uh, you know, as in public addresses. I mean, that's the way I've been building networks for you know, fifteen years. It's just it's the way I learned how to do it. It seems the best way to do it. Mm. Isolate. I mean, it just removes so many security issues straight away. Oh, exactly. Um, and V six is quite scary. The whole, you know, no NAT within. So NAT is network address translation. That turns a public IP address into a private IP address, essentially. It's your, your masquerading of your private address out. So it's just how that works, is what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. V6, yep. you don't have that. There is no NAT. There's no such thing as NAT. So whatever, so, you know, your shoe gets an IP address and connects out to the internet, your shoe has an actual public IP address that if your network's configured in a particular way, someone can ping that. I, I thought that it was, it's just crazy. I thought there was still a private range in IPv6. There's not not really. There's like a um, there's a local loopback range I think that you can use which sort of give you that, but there's there's no there might be private ranges, but there's no net. There's no there's no network address well, translation. Well, because I'm just thing. reading here that there is there, there might although there is no there may be no net. There is still private addressing. It's just that you can't yeah, net there them. Is, yeah, yeah. But then you can't do much with them if if you're not netting them. I suppose is the argument. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, there we have it. I, I, I take your point because I've heard similar talks as well. You know, we, we, we're running out of IPv4 or we've just run out of IPv4. What next? And it's like, yeah, you've been saying that for quite a few years. Yeah. And you got to remember that, you know, there are still a couple of companies that have potentially you know, one 255th of the IPv4 address space up their sleeve, which is quite a large amount. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. And there could be a few of those floating around. Now, with IPv6, we will never run out. No. Um, I I always find it really wasteful the way that they allocate the uh, V6 address space. Like, you know, we'll just give you a, a slash 48, which is, <laughs> I don't know, something like a million times the size of the current V4 address space. Like some ridiculously huge number. Yeah. And I just look at that and I go, that's so wasteful. Is, yeah, we're going to recreate <laughs> We're going to recreate the same problem. But There's I mean, so many times more though, that's the thing. Somebody I think somebody said there's enough there's enough IP addresses in IPv6 to give every atom of every physical thing in the whole universe an IP address. There's like it's just it's so beyond anything you can imagine. I'm not sure that it's that long because the number of atoms is ten to the power of a hundred. Uh, the number of IPv6 is ten to the power of thirty-eight. But uh, possibly in the solar system, uh, or uh, yeah. Have you got a figure for the number of atoms in the universe? It's about ten to the hundred. Oh. Hmm. Well, that's what, that's what we learned in physics. I I don't know. That was twenty years ago. I don't know if things have changed since then. <laughs> They shouldn't have. <laughs> or, or, well, no, I mean, whether new information's come to light is what I mean. Oh, change, change in yeah, our cause, knowledge. Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't think the universe should really be able to change the number of atoms in total. Well, that's another theory. thing. I mean, maybe it, it might be. There's, there's atoms that will turn into energy. But the conservation of um, of energy means that you can't just lose. Sure, but you can convert mass to energy, and energy to mass in theory. In practice, we can't do it. You and I can't do it. But in theory, it can happen. So... You're right. You'd still have the conservation of energy and mass. But you'd no longer have the atoms? You'd have, exactly. you just have more energy, whatever form it takes, heat, uh, infrared, whatever, and uh, one fewer atoms, eh? 
as and of course that is E equals MC squared. That's uh, how much energy you get out of M uh, M amount of mass. Anyway, um, but we go on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> this is the boys of physics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the boys of bad physics. <laughs> anyway, Ben, I think that's probably our cue to end the show. Uh, unless there was anything else you, you wanted to bring to the table? I thought we might start on with geography now. Uh, <laughs> Plate tectonics, the Indian subcontinent yeah. having crashed into Asia many millions of years ago. Uh, they might eventually separate off again or join up again. Yeah, who knows? Who really knows? Um, look, let's end the show. That's what I'm going to do. Thank you very much, Ben, for co-hosting another episode of The Boys of Tech. You're welcome. All right, we'll do, it's good. we'll do it again sometime, and we'll try and get Brad on the show when he's gallivanting around Eastern Europe. Yeah. Excellent. All right, till then, well, not till then, till next time, have yourselves a great week. Thanks for joining us. See you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.